podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandise. Check out their range of Forest merch by visiting theterrastore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Hello there and welcome to the 1865 Match Report on a very special evening for Forest fans as the Reds have taken another Premier League scalp at home, beating Leicester by four, yes, four goals to one. I think there's much to enjoy about today's performance. Now, in a second, I'll be joined by Baz. But before that, I'll just give you a summary of the surprising team news from today, which was we did have Samba in goal and we did have Davis in Canoggle and Johnson up front, as expected. However, we did have uh, two or three changes that were unexpected. Steve Cook retained his place uh, in the defence, despite having looked in trouble with his calf injury last week. And Joe Worrell came back, and as Colin Frey said on Radio Nottingham, we're expecting him to be out for six weeks, and it's more like six days. Baz, the Reds reverted to the 3-4-3 formation, and I think it's a move that paid off. I think that's Forrest's best way of playing with their personnel, and and the transfer dealings seem to suggest that that's the way they want to stay, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I said to... When I was watching it, I said to my friend... um, this looks like probably our strongest lineup with a couple of surprises in with the return of Cook and Worrell. But it, yeah, it's no, there's no like um, chucking in the kids and, and treating the FA Cup as an afterthought. This was a very, very strong lineup in a very, very strong formation. And it was quite obvious, yeah, we wanted to win this game. But it's also worth pointing out, I suppose, that Leicester. Yeah, they've got some players out and the most notable ones in terms of first teamers, probably Jamie Vardy and Johnny Evans. But they still put out what, with the exception of Danny Ward in goal instead of Kasper Schmeichel, was probably the strongest team that they could have um, played as well. So they had over £100 million worth of talent on there. They brought in a £20-plus million striker at half time. So this is not a result to be sniffed at. Now, let's talk through the actual action. You could tell it was a match that... Um, that the players were fired up for, couldn't you? Uh, yeah, definitely. And the um, what impressed me most about us was, yeah, there, again the same thing. There was no, there was no thinking. Let's sit tight against a, a higher league opposition. That, that it was like this is the Steve Cooper way. We're going to go at them and see what we can get out of this. Um, and I thought, I thought it was pretty even in terms of chances and whatever. There wasn't really that much in it, but they looked rattled right from the off as well, especially with Brennan Johnson. Yes, that's true. The right-hand side, actually, as much as Brennan Johnson, I thought that Jed Spence um, was in a bit of a duel with Luke Thomas, two young fullbacks, and and Spence had Thomas on toast a lot of the time. And if anything, actually... Spence was a bit guilty of, of of taking him on on a one-to-one a bit too many times in the in those first 20 minutes when perhaps he could have used players around him. Um, it's worth pointing out that it wasn't all one-way traffic, though. I thought it's pretty noticeable that Harvey Barnes on the left wing for Leicester, he was really trying to exploit the space in behind Spence in the pocket where Worrell was having to cover. And that is, did cause the uh, returning captain a few problems, didn't it? Yeah, and again, like you said, it's not six weeks; it was six days. So, 
how how recovered he was. There was a couple of points I thought he he, he seemed a little bit caught for pace a, a mm-hmm. little bit as well, or a little bit slow to react maybe, so lacking a bit of sharpness. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that I think that Leicester had the first effort which seemed to be on target. There was a corner, and set pieces at both ends are going to be a talking point, I think. Leicester looked probably most threatening when they had set pieces, and they took a corner. I think Madison took it, and it meant that, um, who was it, Adam Ola-Luckman, um, it was a training ground routine, cut back to Luckman on the edge of the box. He hit it uh, fairly powerfully. I have no idea whether Samba would have seen it, but it was immaterial because it bounced off Jimmy Garner's chest and out for a corner, and, and the keeper would have been nowhere if it had been the wrong side of the post. Um, so that was a warning shot from Leicester. But then it didn't take long after that before Forrest somehow suddenly found themselves really in the ascendant. And it was... Not a goal that kickstarted it. It was actually an effort that hit the bar. And, and this was uh, symptomatic of the way that Forrest were attacking because um, we basically got men into the box. The ball popped up. It popped around a little bit, popped up. And then Keevan, Keenan Davis, uh, on a, about 16 yards out, at a funny angle, he basically did his impression of James Rodriguez's famous goal in the World Cup uh, of 2014, <laughs> where he chested it at a funny angle, looked up, and just swung his left leg at it, hit it really powerfully, really true. You could argue, couldn't you? He hit it too well, and it came off the angle of post and bar. And that was the first proper warning shot, wasn't it? It was, uh, and I mean, technically, I'm I'm not a footballer. There's no way I could have done that. Um, I think there's not very many strikers who could have even had the audacity to attempt that. It was a really, really, really good strike. And Davis was, it was, there's a sign of, of, of a player who's feeling confident and is feeling loved, which is a topic that we talked about in our transfer window podcast. Steve Cooper makes his players feel loved, doesn't he? And that's a real contrast. Yeah. You see them playing with, with joy, don't you? And that joy came, came to life just a few minutes later when uh, Forrest took the lead. Talk us through the first goal. This is the thing. I think Davis's physicality and his his presence had them running all over the place. It was like they'd never played against a big lad before, and it's not like they're they're not a physical side themselves. But yeah, they they didn't know how to deal with him. So when Davis knocked it back down, Zinc was pretty much unmarked. Hit it with his knee past their keeper. It was like um and 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 before we even had time to think about it, Forrest was suddenly two 0 up, and it was so quick that the BBC cameras missed it. <laughs> but yeah, yes, that was it. It was like, uh, yes, yeah, still celebrating the first goal. And then it was like, oh, there's another one. And um, you can't really complain at that, can you? <laughs> so um, his composure to to slot it past the keeper was just absolutely incredible. Um, you can see why people wanted to bid so much money for him during the transfer window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh... So we'll cut to the end and saying that BBC gave Brennan Johnson the man of the match. And you can completely understand why, because what he's shown today, today is symptomatic of the fact that he's he's added a real level of of high level performance, but consistency. So before in those little off patches that all players go through, never mind young players, 
you get those two ones where he he does the run and then he can't produce a, a final ball or a finish, or he'll run straight into a defender. Now he's taking his men on, he's beating them, and he's producing end products. And and this one, Leicester will be absolutely kicking themselves because Forrest did make a move down the left-hand side with Max Lowe and, and Zinkanagel kind of combining, but then Lowe lost the ball, but Amati basically passed it with a blind back pass, which is what put Brennan through. And from the tightest of angles, to have the presence of mind to roll his foot over it to get the ball under his control, take a step back and then nutmeg the keeper is different to the Arsenal match, wasn't it? When the Arsenal match mm. is almost like, you know what, we know that Arsenal will play it around at the back, so let them do that. In this one, it was Leicester concede goals from set pieces. Let's make sure we're pressuring them from set pieces. Leicester have got their best ball-playing centre-halves in terms of Evans and Fafana missing. So let's put some pressure on them and hope they panic. And, and all of these things came true, didn't they? <laughs> so. And when I, when I think of the, of the game, it's like I, can, I picture it as six or seven Forest players in the box against four Leicester, like the left four Leicester defenders. That's the way it seems to be. We, we just flooded forwards at them and put that, that pressure on them and they didn't know how to cope with it. Yeah. And then it wasn't long before we got a third goal and we talked about set pieces. Now it's worth pointing out that there was a free kick outside the box um, at nil-nil, which Brennan Johnson took and hit straight into the wall. And I was thinking that's unusual. I thought Jim, Jimmy Garner is our set piece man at the moment. And with the corners he was putting in, I mean, they were causing all kinds of trouble. So there was a corner that came in. Ryan Yates managed to completely miss it and it came off his shoulder. Um, Zinkenagel had a shot which was parried away effectively by Danny Ward, leading to another corner. So just when we we're thinking, oh, we could have gone three nil up there. Could would would you even believe it? And then we did. And it's one of those again. If you're Leicester, you're going, why can't we defend corners? It was a bit comical the way the goal went in again, um, but it was from a wicked ball by Garner, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It was perf- really, really good delivery. And Joe Worrell, um, we, we can come back to this as well. There's, there's another thing to talk about later on. But um, Joe Worrell showing his commitment, basically, he just he wanted to stick his head in the way of it and, and he did it exactly right. Yeah, completely. It was, even the BBC pundits were saying, weren't they, that, this is down to desires down to players like Worrell um, really wanting to get in there players like Johnson kind of running into that gap where the back pass might go. Um, Those are the things that happen when you really have that desire um, and, and also that belief that you can, you can do it. Um, Also worth noting that Joe Worrell, I don't think he meant to do it initially, but he, you know, he doesn't score very often and he ran fist pumping in front of the crowd then realised he was in front of the Leicester fans, so decided to absolutely milk it. I know. turned to the bloke I was with and just said, "This is this, how how has this happened?" And he went, "You could have had six. Well, exactly. So at this point, um, we could have uh, there we could have had five because we had the Davis chance to hit the bar. There's a save by Ward. We had three goals, and then just shortly afterwards as well, Jed Spence went through um, tight angle. Danny Ward made a save, which was a routine save for a keeper, but nonetheless, we had six clear efforts on goal. We could have been six nil up. And then just as we're processing that, then all of a sudden we weren't even three nil up. And this, (laughs) you try not to be too harsh on individuals, do you? When, when, when you concede goals or when, when there are errors made, 
but unfortunately this one was all down to samba wasn't it um i want to yeah so i said i said any time now we're going to start seeing samba start time wasting because that's what he does and he's going to really wind people up and he's going to look like a prick but that's what he does and to be fair i really like him and as I think you said once in, in in our WhatsApp group, he may be a prick, but he's our prick. And but this, I don't know what was going through his head. The only thing I could think of was he was scared of that pigeon that was on the pitch. Because well, yeah, we joked about it, didn't we? But it's possible that actually the pigeon went in his in his line of sight or something. Yeah. So yeah. So the the, the um they they broke through, played the ball <laughs> through. Samba comes out to get it runs away from the pigeon and they, he, whoever it was shoots into an empty net. Yeah. And it was actually pretty much, it's a hopeful ball down the channels from Madison, wasn't it? Because Leicester were yeah. pinned back at that moment. Um, Samba shouldn't have come for it in the first place. He definitely shouldn't have come for it if he's scared of pigeons. And <laughs> Iheanacho was, in fairness, Iheanacho did a good job because it was a tight angle. It would have been easy for him to, to fluff the shot, but he did exactly yeah. what you'd expect a good striker to do in that moment, which is he took the touch, which almost could have took him away from goal, but put it in that little corridor where it evaded McKenna's despairing challenge and was behind Cook, who was running back. And both well, that McKenna was it. and it was, Cook it was, went it was, it was like a daisy cutter as well, which you'd have thought that's just like, it's one of those where if Cook had just been a bit faster, he could have got to it, but you knew it wasn't going to happen. And yeah, as you say, McKenna was livid, absolutely livid. What that meant was that we went in at halftime 3-1 up, which normally you'd take, but it did mean that all of a sudden, as fans, that little bit of confidence just drained ever so slightly. Now, I think it's fair to say that despite Leicester bringing on Pat Sandaka at halftime, changing their formation to go to a back three, um, I think it's fair to say that the second half followed a similar pattern to the first half, don't you? I think um, they didn't look all at sea as they did in the first in, in the first half, um, but they didn't also really make us sweat for it. They, they probably, if anything, the 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 worst bit for us in the entire game was that bit where Samba made the mistake, and then the the, the few minutes up to half time afterwards, because we had that moment of doubt. But even once once the, the restart happened, they, they had chances, they had sh- half chances. Um, there was a few bookings, if I remember right, mm-hmm. and it was all a bit more scrappy. But I don't think it that 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 worry that that oh my god, we've just conceded a goal when we're gonna throw this away wasn't in my head for the second half mm. in the same way. And and that worry would have really evaporated. Uh, on the hour mark-ish, when when Jed Spence, um, I mean, this was another good footballing goal, wasn't it? <laughs> it's one of I'm really pleased he got a goal because, yeah, everyone's, even us, we've been talking all about Brennan Johnson, but it's the combination of those two down the right that, that makes, especially these Premier League teams, run scared. Mm. Um, it's not just Johnson's pace and his composure, but it's the fact that he can link up with Jed Spence, who does this amount of running and is not slow himself, um, that that makes this stuff happen. And then he just breaks through and he kind of bundles it in at the end of it, doesn't he? Um, it's a, I don't know. It's just it's it's a a perfect end to, to the the way things should go, and it's someone who absolutely deserves it. And probably more than anyone, I would have given Spence probably the man of the match 
um, rather than than Johnson. But I, you can see why Johnson gets it. Yeah, you absolutely can. I mean, I would have said that Jimmy Garner was also my man of the match contender uh, because, again, if we think about it, his performances have gone up another level from what they have been before. But his consistency over the last few uh, last few matches, even in the games where Forrest haven't been at the races like against Barnsley and Cardiff, Jimmy Garner has been a player who looks like he's really, you know, playing at a certain level um, and has found a level. And I think it's notable that people are now saying, well, you know what, Man United will be keeping an eye on this because he could have so he could contribute in the Premier League next year. Absolutely. And I think again, we've we've touched on this already, but we did good corners today. He was delivering. I mean, how many times, even this season, have we said we don't even beat the first man? Whereas, I mean, Leicester were a bit of a mess, but they were they were quality quality delivery from Ghana. We scored two in. goals in successive matches, headers from corners. Yeah. That never happens. Yeah. And of course, statistically, <laughs> you're more likely to concede from a from an attacking corner than to to score. So uh, that says something. Okay. Um, in terms of the clear-cut chances, that was probably just about it, wasn't it? I mean, there were a few efforts. Max Lowe had a go, um, which went just wide. Um, Daniel Amate got one on target towards the end of the match, but it was a relatively routine save from Samba. And then Ricardo Pereira right at the end. I thought this one was in, actually. Um, yeah, I thought that was in. It was just, just went wide. Yeah, uh, especially as it went through Lowe's legs and you get the feeling it's one of those where, yeah, but it just curled away at the last. So, um, so yeah, it ended unbelievably 4-1 and Forrest <laughs> have got another Premier League scalp. Now, you did mention a couple of things that we have to talk about. Number one is that, um, firstly, I, I would say that there was trouble, okay? Mm. Everyone's aware of the fan who went onto the pitch after Brennan Johnson scored. There's a picture where he's actually lamping Keenan Davis in the face. And although he was able to get on the pitch, which isn't a good thing, he was quickly brought under control. And Leicester have done, they've immediately issued a statement straight after the match saying, firstly, the guy's been arrested. And then secondly, this guy's going to be banned for life. Um, Mm. Good move by Leicester to come out that quickly. Yeah, I mean that that's the the only response they could have really done to to that wouldn't have been had everyone going uh what's going on here then it's it's that they had to come out straight away and say right he's banned. You can't have people going on the pitch and lamping the players. Mm. Uh, and obviously there have been a few, you know, Forrest put out a statement, the chairman wrote a letter um before yep. the match to to the Forest match. fans to say, you know, stay out of trouble no flares because we've had flares um at quite a few recent matches and there was the unsavory instant where a flare went into the derby crowd mm-hmm. you know a flares one thing throwing flares into a crowd of people is quite another isn't it um so you'd expect forest would do the same if it were the other way around wouldn't you yeah absolutely and um, i mean the part of me is also slightly worried just in terms of even though it was a Leicester fan that, that did this and it was trouble with Leicester fans before the game, that we've there's a few videos doing the rounds of that. Um, but we've only just come off getting done for, for the, the fight after the derby game. Mm. So um, we don't want to be getting a reputation for a, a place where trouble happens again. Yeah, yeah. And and with regard to that trouble in the city centre. So um, for those of you who aren't on social media, um, there is videos of Leicester fans basically 
the thing that's disturbing about this is not like they've gone to a football pub and they've got into a confrontation with with rival fans, which although is also not okay, you kind of expect. They are throwing bits of patio furniture at the window of a restaurant where there's families having lunch. It's it's a sad thing, isn't it? And it's sad that we're talking about that on a day when we should just be celebrating. Just to add to that, so I went on online just to check like the match reports as well, just afterwards, and at least. Three of the like big newspapers are their, their their headline photo for the match report is that fan smacking Keenan Davis. So that's what they're taking away from what should be a really good night for us. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing is that um, we want this weekend to be remembered for football. I mean, Boreham Wood have got an astonishing result today. Um, Kidderminster took West Ham. Yeah. I mean. Poor Kidderminster to concede in the 91st and 119th minutes um, when they were dead on their feet. Uh, And of course, uh, Middlesbrough beating United on penalties. So there have been some really great results. Plymouth could have equalised in extra time against Chelsea. It's been an insane weekend. And if the first thing that people think about is, uh, you know, a fat bloke off the estate trying to lamp a footballer on the pitch, then that's not that's not good for football, is it? No, but, well, I mean, let's just concentrate on... we got four goals against Leicester. So let's talk about something happier, because in the spirit of Fantasy Football League and Soccer AM and all of that, I think one of the enduring images for Forest fans will be the returning Joe Worrell, Nottingham boy. You know, we've got this team full of players who've, who've signed up to the Steve Cooper ethic but we've also got this spine of Worrell, Yates, Johnson we've got all these homegrown players Joe Worrell, Nottingham boy, returns as captain when he should have been out for another four weeks and manages to down by his own corner flag it looks like he's been bundled off the ball against the Leicester player, he ends up falling over and not only heads the ball while lying on the ground but wins the goal kicking process. <laughs> That's I mean, what you want, isn't it? When I when I saw the clip of it, because I, I missed it during the game, and I saw the clip of it, and I thought, is this like some footage of Worrell committing a foul? Because he does look like they're they're having a clash, and then Worrell grabs the the Leicester player, but then falls to the ground, and then you see him like just sliding himself forwards on the ground so he can get his head in front of the Leicester players' feet so he can head the ball away. And as you say, he gets the goal kick. It's it's proper commitment, is that? Yeah, so in one movement, he falls over, does the worm, heads the ball against <laughs> the Leicester players' boot, wins the goal kick. And that's why, OK, Lewis Graben's the skipper, but that's why Worrell wears the armband when <laughs> yeah. Graben's not there. Um, and that's why... And you could say, I mean, you, you were saying about the spine with the, the side we've got as well. You could see it on Yates's face. There was the bit um, where where the ball hit his shoulder or something and it, when, when it should have probably, when he could have scored. Um, but you could see it on his face, like the, the commitment and how much they wanted it. And I don't think, yeah, Leicester had nowhere near as much desire for this game as, as we did. Mm. I, I would add there that... Um... Yates still really needs to practice his headers in the box, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a really, really good day. But what's also interesting, both immediately after the match from Brennan Johnson and also in the post-match interview from Steve Cooper, both of them making the point, you know what, whatever's happened today, we've got a really important match on Wednesday. If 
you had to lose today in order to get three points against Blackburn, you'd probably take it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I was kind of surprised at the lineup we put out today because ultimately the league is our priority and we're we're not that far off. We've slipped up against Cardiff and we're not that far off the playoffs and we want to be cementing our position in there. Which is which would be unheard of after three or four games at the start of this season. But there you go. That's that's the season it's been. Just on that topic, uh, thinking about the lineup today. So yeah, you'd think, with the exception of, of Graben not being available, that actually that's pretty much the first choice team. What that also means is that on the bench we had Sam Surridge, we had Jack Colback, we've got Richie Larea who hasn't even had a chance to kick a ball for us yet we've got Toby Figueredo we've got uh, Zande Silva we've got Cafu who came on um suddenly with Martin still to come back suddenly this and Lower Cambeso as well still to come back mm. all of a sudden Cooper's used quite a small group of players so far but now he has some different options doesn't he yeah and th- th- there's especially um with Surridge signing and um, with um, the other one, uh, Panzo signing, mm-hmm. we've got that little bit of depth in the squad now that we, we probably didn't have a few days ago, um, which means, yeah, that's a very, very strong bench that we, that we had there. And it gives us, it gives us options to change things around if we need to, but it also means that, yeah, the fact that, that Graben took that knock the other day, isn't the end of the world. Whereas just three or four weeks ago, grabbing taking that knock would have been, and that's 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 a very astute transfer window. You have to look back on it and think actually he's done really well there. So can we put the ghosts of the Charlton match after the Leeds match in the Sabri era? Can we can we lay that to rest? Do you think? Well, that's we've got to find out yet, haven't we? <laughs> well, we ain't going to be playing Carl Jenkinson and Gaitan Bong um, on Wednesday night, are we? <laughs> No, that's true. But um, yeah, I mean, it, that's the, the biggest, in a way, the biggest disappointment was the Cardiff result the other day, because mm-hmm. it just felt like, are we going to slip up when the pressure's on or, or not? And today, obviously, we did not. But then Leicester played their part in making that happen. It's can we keep that that relentless consistency for the rest of the season? Mm. And in one of our other WhatsApp groups, actually, um, uh, the Maradona the Midlands made the point that to us, it's one of those strange things. It almost feels like we can give the higher level teams more of a game at the moment. So Barnsley, yeah, we, it's the nearest thing you get to an easy game in this division. We won 3-0, but the performance wasn't good. Cardiff, mm. the performance wasn't good and the result wasn't good. The main thing to say is that obviously Forest have got that perseverance. So they kept going until they scored in the 94th minute or whatever against Cardiff. Um, so there is some, some hope there, but against Blackburn, you'd hope that that would be a high level match and therefore a match that both teams would be, would be up for. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of as well. Yes. It's part of it. It's the difference of style. Forest have always had a, a, a trouble with, with teams that try and stop us playing. Um, whereas yeah, Leicester just let us do what we wanted today. <laughs> <laughs> and we're very glad that they did. So we will have a match report for you after the Blackburn match. In the meantime, Reds, enjoy this result, and we will see you in the fifth round of the FA Cup.
Sports Social Podcast Network.